Welcome to Dr. What? Dr. Where? Stories of Rural Medicine. It's the podcast exploring what it's like to further your training and practice medicine in regional Victoria. Like most medical specialties, psychiatry training has traditionally been the domain of large tertiary hospitals and clinical schools in capital cities. In this episode, we'll talk to four doctors working in this space across regional Australia, who are all in different stages of their career. Some, like Dr. Maddie Leung, are just starting out, and others, like Dr. Hugh Pham, are passing on their decades of experience to the next generation of doctors. I believe I was the first Vietnamese-speaking psychiatrist in Victoria, so uh, quite a number of Vietnamese-speaking patients come to me for a consultation because with psychiatry, more than any other branch of medicine, uh, the knowledge of language and cultural understanding would help. And I also have been coming up here, Mildura, for the last 16 years, working here, and also quite a number of years I teach medical students here. Dr. Pham is a psychiatrist and senior lecturer at Monash Rural Health in Mildura. He says one of the most important things in psychiatry is connecting with the patient. As a fluent Vietnamese speaker, Dr. Pham can cut across cultural and language barriers that may be in play. Well, I suppose um, it started at the greeting point where you greet the person in their language and also conscious that the body language is also important. So hopefully that would make a connection with the patient, make them feel at ease. Um, the language helped them because they can explain things without an interpreter because the confidentiality is a very important thing. To begin with, there's no third party. And then the, uh, people love speaking their own language because they can express exactly how they feel because there's a nuance in the language. So that's that. So from the language perspective, and then there's a cultural perspective, you know, like with Asian uh, family, cultural things like family, education, probably is more important than sports and, say, even religion. The expression of love, like with the Asian, would be the mother would express love by cooking for the children and cooking for their friends without saying, come here, love, I love you more than anything else. Asians just simply don't say it. But that doesn't mean that they don't love them, but they express it differently. So their priority, what's important, what's not important, social expectation. So I suppose all those things help uh, and also very important to demystify the psychiatry is still quite a stigmatised uh, kind of uh, branch of medicine. So instead of people believe it's witchcraft or bad karma, you explain it from a scientific perspective, but then you will give example of your own culture in it as well, so people can relate to it. Because I suppose it's a white man to say, well, this is chemical imbalance in your head. I say, well, but that's not what I believe in. But uh, say for me, I said, well, in the olden time or back in Vietnam, we used to believe this. But apparently, as we learn, it's actually that. That sort of helped to bridge the, uh, I suppose, uh, the knowledge gap. Was this a factor in you deciding to become a psychiatrist? Uh, No, I had wanted to become a surgeon when I was younger, a plastic surgeon, cosmetic surgeon. This is a personal story here and then... uh, uh, when I was just about to finish my part one exam to become a general surgeon first in the olden time, and my late father asked me uh, what I was doing as a cosmetic surgeon, and he said, why can't you do something more useful? Please forgive me, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's no cosmetic surgeon out there being offended. 
So then I have a, a bit of a career crisis, I suppose. So I said, okay, what? So I looked back and said, oh, I think I quite enjoy psychiatry. So I did psychiatry, and then of course my mum would ask, you know, her, her concept of psychiatry was dealing with very violent people. So I remember my mum asking me, why can't you do something a bit more gentle and less violent? So, as you can see, there's no win. But I've never looked back since. Psychiatry's been wonderful. Was part of that training in a regional setting? Uh, no. In the olden time, most of the training positions actually in Melbourne, the major hospital. I did my undergraduate at the Austin Repat Hospital, and so I trained at Austin Repat for most of my um, postgraduate training. But as soon as I finished, I actually went up to Bendigo and I was a clinical director for old age psychiatry there for seven years. And from then, I've been coming up to Mutura for the last 15, 16 years. And so the training opportunities have really become decentralised in the last few years? Very much so. In fact, uh, in Mutura this year, 2019, for the first time, we have a first-year registrar who was a medical student here who did her internship here, and now she's doing first-year training in Mildura, and it's been, we're very proud of that track so far. Does that sort of almost end-to-end training, getting into the workforce, affect the healthcare outcomes and the ability to treat patients somewhere you've got a really good understanding of? Not quite at the moment because the position this time is first year for the first time and next year when Dr. Leong go from first year to second year, we create a position for her to the second year here, hopefully with child So first year is acute psychiatry, second year is child psychiatry and um, that's a major one. And then uh, we hope to develop training for older psychiatry, which I'll be part of that. And we're also hoping to get a position for consultation liaison psychiatry. So basically what we're hoping is that this is every year is a new frontier almost for the planning program. We try to keep our registrar here as long as possible because we understand that moving around uh, may not help, especially say we have a young family. But this is the first time we've got the position, so that's our ultimate goal. But eventually, we might have to send our registrar down to Melbourne to further expose their special interests, for example, uh, forensic psychiatry. And hopefully, we're trying to set up a Koori psychiatry here as well, so that people in Melbourne or anywhere in Australia, if they're interested, they can come up here to do uh, a very unique and special uh, point of difference, I, I suppose, with, with Koori psychiatry. And there's a real good wide range of subspecialties as well here. Yes, having said that, we are quite small. Our general hospital is about just over 100 beds. We only have 12 beds for psychiatry. But the community, we cover a vast area. When it comes to the complexity of the cases, we actually have uh, as interesting, as complicated cases anywhere I've ever seen for the last 30 years I've been a doctor in Victoria. Last week we have a case where we will have to call the chief psychiatrist and called major hospital in Melbourne and many of them didn't even have that case. It's only two other cases that we could identify that's been happening the last 10, 20 years. So the complexity uh, and the variety of cases we've got up here is as good as anywhere. 
this is one thing I'm so proud of. Two years ago, I went to Harvard University for an intense course of update the latest in psychiatry, in treatment, and I came back with only one message, that our people in Mujira are not missing out on any modality of treatment in psychiatry, except one, it's called TMS, uh, that is still very early stages, available in Melbourne only, but everything else that Harvard University had taught us we promise, we guarantee that we can deliver it here for you. So people in Mujura are not missing out on anything. And the trainees as well, uh, they will, uh, they have access to the latest treatment. Wow. Are there challenges in, in practicing psychiatry here in Mildura, so far away from other tertiary healthcare centres? Yes, in the sense that I suppose first is the, uh, the body, I suppose, the staff. Running a psychiatry department because we have inpatient, we have outpatient. We have acute, so it's like an emergency. We are available 24 hours a day. So basically it's like running a mini hospital and we cover age from zero to grave, recreated to grave. So it's like running a hospital, but all the numbers are very small and that's the thing. I suppose for a psychiatrist generally, uh, it's, it's lack of the manpower, yeah, that's what I was looking for, not enough body to cover after hours and that sort of thing. In Melbourne, I suppose you can, there's more senior people around, but luckily we have developed a very good relationship with all the major hospitals down in Melbourne, so basically they are just one phone call away from us, so we're lucky in that, in that sense. Uh, from the registrar perspective, uh, the training perspective, I suppose uh, down in Melbourne, there might be five of you in the same cohort for the one year, say at the Alfred Hospital. Here, you're by yourself. You're alone. So that's the, um, I suppose, disadvantage, if you like. But the advantage of that is that you're being treated like a baby. There's a lot of more senior people around, and hopefully we nurture you through. So hopefully we, we, we can compensate for the lack of the cohort but it's like an inverted cone. Uh, there's a lot more senior people around for the first year or second year registrar. Does that provide a, a wider range of sort of mentoring and training opportunities for medical students here? The advantage we've got here is that we're in small group, so and there's a, quite a few doctors around, relatively speaking, per student. So instead of three students to one tutor, uh, on their practice round is one-to-one. So hopefully they can ask the question that they thought might be a bit stupid to ask and that sort of thing. Or uh, with psychiatry, quite often we try to explore how they feel because some might feel intimidated, some might be reminded of their own family um, health issues. So sometimes one-to-one, uh, it's, I suppose it would uh, nurture an environment where the medical students say, oh, I find it was intimidating, or that reminded me of this. But in a group, I suppose that won't happen. So it's about relationship, confidentiality, a sense of being nurtured, uh, and I hope that we instill that here. Mm. It sounds like you, you work really closely with your colleagues here in Mildura. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, when we have visiting psychiatrists down in Melbourne and they join us for our Wednesday lunchtime, they would just basically stunned. They just feel a sense of collegial, 
uh, we normally have lunch together. You bring your own lunch, and we that's the only time because we're so short of time and staff. Uh, we have lunch together, and that's our staff meeting, and that's our peer support meeting once a week together there. And people just said this is the friendliest, nicest, cohesive, supportive environment that they have been through. And, and I've been around for 30 years now, I've been a doctor, and I've been involved during my training, I've been around all the major hospitals. Sure, Melbourne, lovely hospitals to work with, but sometimes it's so big that you never get everyone together in one room and a small group enough for you to say your concerns, share your stories with everybody. Going back to your own personal journey, were you always looking at practicing psychiatry in a regional setting? Uh, from the first year that I finished my postgraduate training, yes, I got a post in Bendigo. I'm, I'm very fond of, uh, of the country setting. And that is because in my undergraduate years, we were sent to country Victoria. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think if you've been exposed to it, the more likely that the chance that you will come back to the place to work and live and stay and train others, definitely. But my family's in Melbourne, so I split my week into half, half week in Melbourne and half week up here. If you were looking at getting into psychiatry, perhaps in a regional setting, is there any advice that you would give to someone that's in that position? Absolutely, let us know, let us know as quickly as possible. You can always say no later, but show an interest and say if you're fourth year, you let your lecturers know, lecturers know, let people know. And in fifth year, you can do an elective for six weeks just to make sure that you're more interested in it. Uh, the good thing about fifth year elective is that there's no exam. So you can basically, there's no pressure of the exam at the end of the term. And with intern year, I believe that, we, I know for a fact, Mildura, we do offer intern a 10-week term to doing psychiatry, which is not always available anywhere else in Melbourne. If you become an intern, do your psychiatry term very early on, so by June you have to apply to enter the training program, so you only have six months of your intern year to apply for it. In Melbourne, mostly, most major hospitals would require you to do one year of non-accredited job in psychiatry before they consider you coming in. But here, out of necessity, out of nurturing, I suppose, out of, uh, um, out of need, Dr. Leong actually went straight from an intern to get into a registrar position straight away. And so far, that works. And we proved ourselves that we don't need someone to work as a non-accredited year before getting into the training program. Is there much demand for psychiatrists in regional Victoria? Oh, Absolutely. Even in Melbourne, the waiting list for my private practice is three months. That's Melbourne. And most of my majority of psychiatrists actually live and work in Melbourne. In Mujira, definitely, both public and private, we are desperate to recruit psychiatrists, definitely. What does the future look like for psychiatry here in Mildura? The future from the perspective of enough work for you to do is a lot. For you to work as a psychiatrist in public hospital, definitely. We always have position here. And uh, so, yes, both work and position options are here. However, 
quite often the, the problem we have with recruiting is that there's a psychological barrier. People from big city they think that is in the bush, is too far away. There's no facility. Uh, the on-call roster is horrendous, and it's one of the vicious cycle. The less number of you up here, the more likely you have to be on call more often. So, but slowly we're expanding our team, and it's not so onerous now. Just one more thing. So basically, if you uh, you're out there listening and wondering about the barrier, ask yourself what are the barriers for for me to come to Mildura. And if you're not sure, contact one of us and uh, come up for a little tour. And I think you'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised. Rural psychiatry training has come a long way since Dr. Fan was at medical school. As he mentioned, Mildura now has a psychiatry registrar who has completed both part of her studies and also an intern year here for the first time. Dr. Maddie Leung is a first-year psychiatry registrar at the Mildura Base Hospital. When she first headed up the highway six hours away from Melbourne, she was unsure of what to expect, but everything exceeded her expectations. When I initially came here, I'm not a rural student. I'm from a um, metro area, so I had no idea what it was going to be like. Um, I didn't even know where Mildura was, actually, to be honest. So I came down here thinking it was going to be an absolute disaster. Um, And it was great. Um, People were really supportive. There was really, really excellent teaching, which I think is the main stickler of being in a regional and rural area, is just that the teaching is so good. All of the um, bosses were very supportive and very accessible, which makes a huge difference to your training. I think that um, as a student, even though we obviously didn't contribute very much in the way of patient care, we still always felt like we were part of the um, team, which was just really good. And aside from that, the the, um, lifestyle was very relaxing. You know, it takes five minutes to get anywhere, which meant that you just had a lot more time to do things, which included things like study, um, included things like going to the hospital to attend people's births or show up when people are in crisis and those kinds of things. But it also just meant things like hanging out down by the river, being able to cook more, all those kinds of things. And that was what I had experienced as a student, which was why I came back here to work. So those studying experiences really subverted your expectations of practicing regionally? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I suppose I didn't really have any expectations that were realistic. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you always see those movies like um, The Dressmaker and you think that you're possibly just going to be out on a farm in the middle of nowhere sharing a shed with 20 other doctors and one toilet and a few cows might get in your way on the way to work, but it was nothing like that. It's been really great. What was your experience getting a job here once you finished studying? I didn't have any difficulty getting a job here. I used two references from this hospital and one from another hospital. Uh, This was my first preference and so the way the preferencing system works is you preference hospitals in an order and they preference you and then they just match the top one, the top preference with your top preference so I was um, I preferenced here first and I'm not sure where they preferenced me but somewhere somewhere in the top five I assume because we've only got five permanent interns here and I wound up here um, with my best mate who had also been a student here which was great. Do you find that there's quite a bit of demand for psychiatry in regional areas? There definitely is so at the moment we have 
psychiatrist and we have a few registrars and we've got the inpatient unit, we've got child and youth team, we've got a, um, an adult team obviously, we've got an aged persons team um, and we do the outreach services all the way out to um, Robinvale and almost to Swan Hill. So I think we've got an 80,000 person catchment area. And we manage, and it's great, you get a lot of experience, but I think just given that we've got such a huge population and so much distance as well, there's always a scope for more psychiatrists. That distance must be really challenging in delivering services to people. I think it is challenging, but I think it's also exciting. Um, It means that your job is never the same every day, and it also means that people's stories and experiences and the way that they cope and their um, support networks are completely different. And I think one of the exciting things about practising particularly Mildura, is that you often have to think outside the square and come up with different ways to get people's family in. And I think one thing that that also, that really comes together in Mildura is just how supportive everybody is of their patients. You know, we've got staff members who drive their patients back to witchy proof in the middle of the day, even though they're, they're a nurse, they're not hired to be doing that, they're not a taxi driver. And we've got... Um, People will approve, you know, two hundred dollars worth of fuel vouchers if someone's family can't afford to come back, or uh, food vouchers if they need to stay here or pay for people's accommodation. It's very um, supportive, and I think that in turn means that the patients trust you more, and you can really get a, a better view of who the person is as a person, which is the core of psychiatry. Do you deal with a lot of people over the border as well in New South Wales? Um, so we do deal with people from New South Wales. Technically, if they need an inpatient admission, they're meant to go to Broken Hill because that's their kind of gazetted catchment area. Obviously, that doesn't always happen. And uh, we've recently found out if a patient's in Balranald, they're in New South Wales. So their hospital that they're meant to send people to is Broken Hill. But the road to Broken Hill goes through Mildura. So obviously, people just kind of drop their patients in Mildura. And I think that we have a a pretty good understanding with them. We accept patients when we've got bed availability, obviously, and they try to help us as well if we need beds, which is is good. Did you do any rotations or placements in Melbourne? Uh, So I did some of my student rotations in Melbourne. Um, So my fourth year was split up into two halves. One half was in uh, Mildura here and the other half was in Swan Hill. And then fifth year is split up into six different rotations, or it was at the time that I did it. So I did um, one in Mildura, one in Bendigo, one at the Alfred, one down in Frankston, and one at the Epworth Hospital as well. So that was when we were kind of deciding where we wanted to go. So I thought it was probably important that I go and re-experience some of the more metro hospitals. But I did decide eventually that I liked Mildura best. Did those experiences between Metro Hospitals and Mildura and Swan Hill and Bendigo differ much? I think that they differed hugely and there's just so so much to talk about in how they differ, which is not to say that any were worse experiences than the other. I just think it's really about what kind of hospital environment suits you. And I found that this environment suited me because it's so, it's challenging definitely, but so interesting but also I think the busy kind of city life also doesn't particularly suit me very well so that's why I liked here. Do you work very closely with all of the other doctors here in Mildura? Yes so we work very closely and we also live very closely because we all live together um, which is is very interesting but also makes referring very easy I suppose. So in Mildura, there's not very many junior doctors. So I find that everybody knows 
who everybody is. In most other hospitals with the biggest services, as your on-call phone, you would have a, um, a specific work phone that would just have like a four number extension. Um, but here I just have my mobile phone and people would just call me on it if they, if they need to. And I, th- I think that's really good. I really like that. If you need advice from a medical team, you're not chasing around, ringing through switch, saying, can you put me through to the medical registrar on call? You're just posting in the WhatsApp going, which med reg is available? And someone goes, oh, I'm just in the tea room, whatever. I'll, I'll come and see your patient. I think that makes things a lot easier. I actually do think it's really good for patient care as well because it means that things are happening quickly and you're getting a good handover. If there are things that are sort of a bit outside the scope of the doctors here in Mildura, do you find that there's a good support network from Melbourne as well? Yes, definitely. So um, with the other rotations, most of the registrars are rotating from Melbourne. So they obviously have their friends and superiors in Melbourne that they can call. And in psychiatry, we also often call for advice from um, other tertiary centres or the chief psychiatrist other services like that. People are very willing to um, provide phone advice, which is really good. Are there any stories from practicing up here in Mildura that you'd be willing to share? I have so many stories. We had a um, joke that we should write a book about the psych department and instead of House of God, we were going to call it House of Psycho God. Um, (laughs) Obviously, we can't do that because all of the information is confidential, but I think we have so many interesting patient stories and um, you know you see your patients in the community so the stories mm-hmm. never end they just keep on going I think what differentiates Mildura and um, other bigger cities is that rather than being the listener to a story you're actually a key figure in the story you you know the patient is obviously the protagonist but you're also there and you become involved with with their stories it's it's great do you find that gets better health outcomes for the patient themselves? I think so. I think that obviously caring about your patients is a great thing. I think that it provides better outcomes. People make sure that everything is really followed up because, you know, um, if you don't follow something up, it's just going to be you that have to follow it up again or potentially one of your colleagues, which is even worse. But I also think that it's um, more satisfying, particularly as a junior doctor, for yourself as well to know that things that you're doing actually count and matter for people. It sounds like a great lifestyle all around with the lifestyle, the challenges at work and also the really good camaraderie that you have with all your colleagues. It, it, it is, it's great. Did you find your training opportunities here in Mildura, were there any opportunities you got to do here that you wouldn't have got to do in a hospital in Melbourne? So definitely as a student, we... I think we did more than probably almost any other clinical school that that Monash has. And I think that that was really obvious in our intern year. I think you could pick who the students were. I certainly thought I could pick who the students were that had been Mildura students. You know, um, everyone always says, oh, the most satisfying thing as an intern is when you do your first cannula. And I mean, that wasn't satisfying for me or any of the other Mildura students because we've been doing that since third year medical school. And everyone knows that, you know, we all knew going into our intern year, we could take a good cardiac history, we could do an exam because we'd been doing it, we'd been examined on that. So we all just knew that we could do it. And it was more just about building your skills up, which was, yeah, we're just involved, so involved. Do you find that makes you better prepared when you get into practice? I think it makes you feel better prepared, but also more confident in your decisions. I think that every, every medical student knows how to manage 
deteriorating patients. Like we've learned that from textbooks, we've been examined on it. Um, but it's completely different to having read it out of a textbook to having seen your boss manage that and be involved in it and done a sim scenario in it and possibly even accidentally managed one as a student yourself. You've just seen it all, not, not all of it, like there's always new things to see, but you've seen things happen before and you're relatively confident that you could manage it as well. But that being said, you're also very confident that if you need help, your boss is around, they're probably in resis like, or in the tea room next door or they're a phone call away. So that's also another really good thing. Would you have any advice for someone who's looking at getting into psychiatry and perhaps coming up to Mildura or Bendigo or somewhere regional? I think just get involved is probably the biggest piece of advice I have. I think if you um, kind of sit in the back and just kind of watch what's going on, you, you absorb a little bit, but you probably get quite bored and then you switch off and stop learning. But if you really get involved, like I said, you become involved in these people's stories and lives and things really start to matter to you and then you learn more from that as well. Bendigo Health has one of Victoria's biggest psychiatric precincts outside of Melbourne, including a dual diagnosis residential rehab unit, the only one of its kind in Victoria. The hospital's clinical director of mental health services is Dr. Philip Toon. He says the rebuilding of the hospital that took place a few years ago was a tremendous opportunity for the psychiatric units to not only co-locate, but also look at things beyond just clinical treatment of psychiatric illness, such as architecture and design for better mental health. Our psychiatric precinct has actually four inpatient units. Previously, before the new hospital, we had three inpatient units, if you like, and they were really scattered across the precinct. So we had one in the car park on the old hospital site, we had one in the car park on another site, or what used to be the car park, and one out in the back box of Bendigo. Um, and so those three units have been brought together and co-located, but more importantly, integrated into the hospital itself so that you know mental health is more easily seen as being just a part of health, which is extremely important that it's not seen as something incredibly different to uh, other aspects of health and healthcare. There's a lot of concerns with junior doctors looking at what the demands of the on-call schedule might be. What's it like here in Bendigo? Look, it varies because uh, we don't put our very inexperienced doctors on the roster because that's not fair to them or to the patients. So it does depend on how many experienced doctors we've got at any given time, which, which fluctuates. Best case scenario, we've got about 22 junior doctors. If all of those positions are filled and they all have at least three months' experience, that's a pretty cruisy roster. If, we have some, if we're carrying some vacancies or we've got half a dozen of those positions filled with very inexperienced doctors, then it becomes a more demanding roster. Mm. But again, it's, a, it's the trade-off between working hard and learning a lot or not working quite so hard and not learning quite so much. When this hospital was rebuilt, were there any changes to what the design was compared with the previous facilities? Oh, look, pretty significant changes, really. Um, and we were very fortunate in that we had a lot of input into the design. So uh, we were really involved from day one designing the unit, which is funny because you're a clinician, you're not an architect. But, you know, clinicians have an experience that architects don't have. So working together with architects, I think you do get the best outcome. And some of the changes that we've seen are really the, the amount of circulation space. Uh, so our previous units were fairly small. 
you know, when you're dealing with a cohort of people who are mentally ill, particularly in the way in which many of our patients are mentally ill, they don't respond well to being in an environment where they feel closed in and crowded with other people. And often going into our old adult unit, there was a feeling that you were coming to a pressure cooker. There was a real atmosphere of tension. And that was partly circulation space. It was partly the way the nursing staff base was designed, like a fishbowl with glass windows and the staff are on the inside and the patients are on the outside. So one of the things we've got in the new hospital is a lot more space. So the corridors are spacious, there's generous allocation of circulation space. But also we've got open counters uh, adjacent to our staff base with staff sitting behind those counters. So patients can come up if they've got a question and see someone face-to-face not having to knock on a glass window and wait for someone to finish speaking to somebody else or get off the phone or whatever. Uh, There's somebody there that's accessible. And that's the sort of thing uh, or two of the aspects that when you go into the new unit, you notice even when it's full and even if there's people in there that are quite unwell, the atmosphere is really calm. The other thing is there's a lot of thought went into designing access to outdoor spaces, um, lots of natural light. So there's a lot of large windows that leach natural light through throughout the units really and every bedroom has a large window and a green outlook. So they're looking into a courtyard or they're looking into an external space uh, through a large window. The other thing we do have which is unique in the hospital actually is the capacity for patients to open their windows and get some fresh air flowing through which might sound like a really small thing but if you're unwell and you're in hospital against your will you don't have a lot of control over anything and the capacity to even just open your window you know psychologically I think is important I don't know the extent to which people are aware that really this is a really large service it's one of the biggest services in the state and not just geographically but in terms of patient numbers and in terms of facilities so I've mentioned the the parent infant unit we also have a dual diagnosis residential rehabilitation unit and what that means is for patients who have both a major mental illness but also a major substance dependence problem uh, there's a unit co-located with some of our other services here at Bendigo uh, where these patients can be admitted as as residents in the community if you like a residential community facility for up to three months to assist them in withdrawing from their substance dependence and getting some control back over their lives now that's unique in the state so It's the sort of thing perhaps you don't expect to find in Bendigo and you might expect you'd only find that in the metro area. And the other thing is, you know, there are some unique aspects to training in relation to being able to work in small rural communities, which is a bit different. Uh, You know, everybody knows everybody uh, and it's a a different experience. So it's, it's a good experience. As Dr. Tune says, there are some big differences between practicing psychiatry regionally compared to a large city like Melbourne. This specialist field presents some unique challenges that most doctors won't really experience. The small communities where everyone knows each other means that remaining anonymous really isn't an option. This is something that Associate Professor Matt Coleman is really mindful of. He's a psychiatrist living in a rural community in Western Australia. And he's also the Binational Chair of the Section of Rural Psychiatry at the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists. He's been working in the mental health space for nearly two decades and says practising in a smaller community can create unique opportunities, but also challenges. 
there are the, the usual challenges in, in practicing psychiatry and the, the stress that comes with it and sometimes the uh, intensity that's associated with working in public sector psychiatry. Um, but more specifically to rural and remote areas, I guess the, the challenges include not necessarily maintaining your anonymity, but protecting what anonymity you have. Also your, your privacy sometimes, depending on the sort of work that you do and at, at various times, your safety needs to be considered. That needs to be considered as a, as a psychiatrist in a metropolitan area. But um, I guess when you're uh, a specialist living in a smaller country town, you're a little bit more exposed as is potentially your, your family. And so there's some of the things that you need to consider. The issue around professional and personal boundaries is always a tough one and it's always a challenging one. I've had experiences that I couldn't have dreamt of in terms of the connections of uh, whether it be patients to my kids' school or you, know, you think that you're going to be prepared and managing all those sorts of issues, but there's some experience that I've had that I wouldn't have, I would never have guessed. Sometimes I need to be a little bit more circumspect and a little bit more thoughtful in, in the way I conduct myself. I guess as a specialist and as a professional, that, that needs to occur anywhere, but perhaps just you're under a little bit more of a magnifying glass in in uh, country areas than perhaps you are in, in metropolitan areas. These issues sound quite unique to psychiatry as well. Like, you mm. know, we've heard from GPs and uh, other clinicians out in regional areas who embrace that rapport they can build with patients, seeing them down the street and at the footy club. I guess in your line of work, the, the anonymity is and privacy of your patients is uh, paramount. It is, and um, it just requires that reasonable reflection uh, around respect for patients' privacy and uh, confidentiality and my own as well and my own uh, families. But I think that what it does bring to the table is that sense of um, humanity as well and that more so in a rural area because you see people in all sorts of domains of their life, not only when they're unwell but when they are well and uh, and I think although there, there are challenges, the benefits by far outweigh those challenges when you take a humanistic approach to the, the nature of the work that we do. In Australia, people are in rural areas and broadly across all of Australia, people are starting to be more and more aware of um, the impact of mental health and mental ill health. And it's accepted that people that live in rural and remote areas um, generally experience poorer health in general and poorer welfare outcomes than people living in metropolitan areas. So I think people in the in the bush are more and more aware of mental ill health and mental health issues. That's in particular, I guess, because they they recognise that they have less access to mental health services, there's greater distances uh, to travel for health services. Often when you live in the country, you're engaging in higher risk occupations, whether that be farming or exposure to hazardous working conditions like in agriculture, but also people in the bush compared to their metropolitan cousins are exposed to more environmental adversity, such as floods and bushfires and droughts. And that has its own impact on people's uh, mental health because of the traumatic experiences that they can be involved in over a, a period of time and also uh, across various regions in Australia. You only have to mention the, 
the droughts in the east coast and the impact that farmers have over there in um, experiencing both their business livelihood but also their vocation and caring for for animals and uh, for the land gradually before their eyes being um, decimated. What made you think of practicing in a regional setting? Beyond the professional challenge, I've lived in uh, inner city Sydney. I've lived in uh, large cities in Europe, and I've also had the the pleasure of living um, in uh, rural and very remote places in Australia. And I think that the the benefits of living in a, a, a rural environment where there's open spaces, where the, the world's be becoming a smaller place. As long as you've got reasonable connectivity I can uh, to the internet, I can just about do or purchase whatever I, I need, you know, unlike uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago. There's a, certainly a more relaxed lifestyle. I also get to in, enjoy the great out, outdoors um, a lot more than uh, perhaps I would if I was living in uh, a metropolitan area. As a young father as well, I think that the, the benefits of raising children in smaller communities where they really get a sense of being connected to other people and being part of a community, I think, is really important for their social and uh, emotional development as well. I've had the added enjoyment of after spending many, many years in training in psychiatry and um, getting to the point where now it's about improving my craft. I've been able to take on other interests and one of those has been farming. I'm not terribly good at it. Just the challenge of doing something completely different and utilising the, the space in which I live and being part of a, a, an agricultural community as well as I've, I've found thoroughly rewarding. The only thing that I'd add is the additional benefits of, uh, one of the things I didn't talk about, the benefits of work in rural and remote areas is the comprehensive nature of, of what you do. So it's across all settings, um, across all age groups, you can really engage in, say, for instance, a family who has a genetic predisposition for psychiatric conditions. You might see the elderly grandparent who's suffering from the effects of an illness like schizophrenia and uh, um, is having early cognitive decline see parents with with a, a similar condition and or follow the children who have been grown up in an environment affected by um, mental illness and who may themselves be at risk of developing mental illness. You don't get that opportunity when you're in siloed services in metropolitan areas, but you, you experience that comprehensive nature of working in a community including the continuity of seeing people as they grow up. You know, one of the things I do is, is, is um, I work in a youth service and you see people, you know, develop throughout their life and then you might follow them up in, or you might see them in, in their later adult years. And that's one of the joys that general practitioners talk about in their work, but uh, we too in psychiatry in general general psychiatry in regional areas can get to experience that sort of continuity and complexity and the diversity of um, mental illness and also um, helping people to return to their mental health. So um, I think that's one of the um, uh, real joys of, of working across all domains, across a whole community, I guess. Many thanks to our guests for this episode. You can find out more about studying psychiatry with the Monash School of Rural Health by visiting monash.edu 
forward slash medicine forward slash SRH. This episode was part of a series looking at stories of rural medicine. You can hear more episodes, including one where we talk about rural generalist pathways and the changes in this space by subscribing anywhere good podcasts are found. The Northwest Victoria and Gippsland Regional Training Hubs have commissioned this podcast to help medical students and junior doctors learn more about training and practicing medicine in regional Australia. There are hubs all across the country. To find out where your nearest regional training hub is, visit the link in the episode show notes or just search regional training hubs. And finally, this podcast was brought to you by Monash Rural Health, presented by Patrick Laverick, that's me, and it was made possible by funding from the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program at the Commonwealth Department of Health.